Rare Life Media. What does it mean to be completely healthy? Welcome to the podcast where you'll find encouraging stories to help us focus on all layers of our health, the mental, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual. I'm Monica Patton, and these are the parts of us. In today's episode, I talk with Rachel Sullivan, therapist of Solid Ground Counseling in Madison, Alabama. We discuss why counseling is beneficial, the framework for her mental wellness workshops, and the importance of self-care and how she defines it. I hope you found this conversation as helpful as I did. Okay, Rachel, it's so good to have you here. Thank you for having me. I've been excited about talking to you, and we have had some phone conversations, but and haven't met face face to face. But I hope I hope to do that in the future. Absolutely, looking forward to that. So today, I wanted to, just to start by you talk, telling us a little bit about you, where you're at what you do in this world and anything else you might want to tell us because I do know for sure before you get into that something really exciting happened this weekend so I'm glad that this interview was even possible this morning if you want to also tell us about that story as well yeah so this weekend we welcomed our second grandbaby into the world so um, I am back in Alabama now but spent the weekend up in the Tennessee Kentucky area um, with our older daughter and so um, welcome to new granddaughter and that is very exciting so so all is well there yeah everybody's doing well healthy um you know we're obviously super biased but she's the most beautiful baby so (laughs) well I have to ask you because I don't have the grandbabies yet I hope not to for a while so is it better than I've heard that grandparenting is better than the parenting what do you think I am I am definitely in agreement with that so this is number two and our um, other granddaughter is about to be two and it's interesting how you can love your own kids and then the grandbabies come along and there's this beautiful blend of not being entirely responsible for their well-being <laughs> and so you get to enjoy aspects of them that you don't I, I think that when you're raising your own kids, there's like parts of that, the the stressful parts that you know you have to be on and making sure they're they're cared for and taking um you know taking care of every day and alive. And you get to enjoy a different part of that with the grandkids because ultimately somebody else is responsible for that. I so. like the sound of this. I, I like the sound of this. So you're giving me you're giving me hope because yeah. parenting is a lot of pressure, isn't it? It is a lot of pressure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Well, congratulations. I'm excited for Thank y'all. You. So Thank you. tell us about what you do. You are a therapist and I just want you to tell it just anything you want to share. Yeah. So I am a marriage and family therapist and I've been working in this field um, post-graduation for um, coming up on three years now. Um, I'm located in the Madison, Alabama area and I own Solid Ground Counseling Center. So I launched uh, this private practice after I graduated um, with my master's in marriage and family therapy. And really the reason for that was as I was in school um, and looking at different businesses and organizations in the area who 
uh, provided therapy services, I realized that nobody quite fit my mantra on life or helping people. Um, and there's amazing options in our area, but I just kind of knew God had a different path for me. And so um, he was able to open up a lot of doors and really pave this beautiful path for me to be able to launch uh, Solid Ground. And so we are coming up on our third year. And um, here we work with uh, individuals, we work with couples, uh, families, and we really work with a little bit of everything. So anything from anxiety or depression, um, coping skills. Uh, we work through a lot of like life transitions, premarital counseling, bringing new babies into the family. Um, we even work with couples who are divorcing and looking to have a really healthy uh, co-parenting relationship. And then we do a lot of just um, family strengthening as well. So uh, the beautiful thing about therapy is there doesn't have to be anything wrong in order to come and just beef up the skills that you have as a family. And so we do a fair amount of that work too. And that is actually one of my favorite things is really just kind of front loading people with um, just good information and, um, you know, skills before they hit those, those rough patches in the road. And that kind of makes those a little smoother. Yes, I totally agree. You, you mentioned the, the, your life mantra, what, maybe not matching what, was available in your in your area. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I really think that people who are seeking somebody to talk to need to be met where they're at. And as I was looking at different providers in the area, um, there really was just this just a little bit of something off in each one of them. So nobody quite fit with being able to just meet people where they're at and help them with exactly what they were saying they needed help with without pushing something else on them. So sometimes a specific organization has a very narrow focus about the services that they offer. And while those services are needed and they're excellent, it may not be the best fit for somebody, but that may be the option that person has for care. And so therefore they don't get exactly what they need. Uh, or sometimes the services that somebody needs are outside of their reach um, geographically or even financially. And so being able to just meet people where they're at, hear what it is that they need, and then get them plugged into the right services within solid ground was really my mission. So it sounds like your mission is more, not so much about your agenda, but where do they want to go? And where, where do they, where, what kind of healing or help do they need and not pushing another agenda or purpose beyond that for you or Absolutely. anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's good just to have. Op I mean, you can never have too many options, right? So, so true. Yeah. So where maybe another option is better, but it sounds like you are really just wanting to meet the person as is. And yeah, I like the sound of that. So yeah. it is a Christian counseling center, right? Um, I'm gonna say yes and no there. So um, I am a Christian. We do not advertise as a Christian counseling center. Uh, and the reason for that is we see people in all walks of life. And I think that when you specifically label yourself as that, you 
you don't get the opportunity to meet with the people who aren't ready to hear about faith yet. And so um, I don't consider myself a Christian counseling center because of that. Um, So I would say probably only half of the people that I work with actually have some sort of faith perspective. Um, And I love being able to sit with those people who, you know, maybe don't talk with Jesus um, and show them a little bit of that, even in the midst of whatever they're walking through. Um, And sometimes that turns into them being open to that later on. um, And sometimes it doesn't. And I know that he still works with those, um, you know, those people as well. And so being able to really kind of keep my doors open to whomever it is that needs to be here is really important to me. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that because I feel like as a Christian, it's it's not about just meeting and talking and being around other Christians, is it? I mean, so it's, right. it's just going beyond and, and meeting the world and meeting people as they are and how you hope, you know, that just grace. It sounds like grace to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Well, talking about counseling, why do you feel like you, you mentioned the, you know, just front loading, you know, you don't necessarily have to have an issue or, you know, I feel like the stigma is sort of like if, oh, the life is falling apart, she's having a breakdown, the marriage is falling apart. Why do you think counseling is important before we get there preventative wise? Like what, how do you see that working in your clients? Because I feel like that's, that's a misunderstood issue. Sure. So along with being a licensed marriage and family therapist, I am also a certified family life educator and um, working provisionally towards that certification. So really what that means is um, I have done additional training to do exactly that, front load people with information. Um, And that for me is really about empowering people or family members um, with knowledge and skills that enhance that well-being so that when we hit life's trials, because we're going to hit them, um, they already have some information about what that may look like. And for me, that helps them normalize those things that they're going through, which research shows Uh, reduces the stress of those events that they go through because they already know, hey, this is normal. Here's the range of how, you know, this may impact me or what it may look like. And so when they get to those different transitions in life, they instead of going, oh, my gosh, what's going on? I'm freaking out and have no idea what to do. They can actually say, oh, I remember that we talked about this being a potential in this you know, particular path. And so now I know this is normal. And even though it's hard, I also know that I have some resources available. And therefore, those things that could have become really, really you know, tough um, mountains really look a little more like a hill and therefore we build resilience. um, And overall that helps strengthens people's resolve and their ability to to go through life in a much healthier way. And that is um, a huge part of what I do in my practice because I think that that overall um, speaks to wellness. And that's a very proactive approach versus a reactive approach to navigating life. Yeah, because like you said, life life is hard. Um, right, marriage and family, and just in general, that you're you're gonna you're gonna face some trials. So, if you already have that some degree of preparation, those coping skills in place, that helps. Resilience is the huge factor of us how we handle our trials. Wouldn't you say our resilience yes. factor? Yeah. 
Yeah. And resilience can be taught and developed. And so I think that we tend to believe that's something that we either have or we don't. And that's a total myth. And so being able to help people take small steps to build that resilience is something that I think we should be doing in schools. <laughs> um, yes, so yes. that when we hit adulthood, we've already got some good information under our belts. So yeah, so in schools and in our homes as parents, right? Um, what would you say just to to a mom or a dad that's thinking, you know, am I teaching resilience? What, like, give me some couple examples of what what you might mean by that. Because I think we've all heard resilience, but maybe what more of an explanation about that? Right. So I think that life, um, especially when we're raising children, gives us so many opportunities to help our kids develop resilience. And a big one that is something we're going to come in contact with all the time while they're growing up is letting them fail. And I know that may sound a little crazy, but we have a lot of helicopter parents who just rush in and we don't let our kids feel any of the distress of anything in life, right? Uh, Bad grades, um, not making a team, um, you know, maybe if they're supposed to be responsible for giving us a certain form so that that can be turned in on time in order for them to attend something. Um, It's okay for those little ways that they're supposed to start learning how to be responsible for themselves. You know, if they don't, if those things don't happen, it's okay. And even good for them to feel the emotions that come with the, you know, disappointment or let down or hurt or whatever. Now that's, doesn't mean that you have to leave them in that place by themselves. You don't just like, ha ha, you deserved all of that. So let me know when you're done feeling the things. Um, But we can, we can have a conversation about that and, and actually help them to understand what they're feeling from that particular disappointment. And then, um, you know, help them to understand what they can do different next time. And that piece right there, the doing something different next time. So really using the insight from this past event Using that insight to help us know what we can tweak for the next event um, gives us the opportunity to go, I'm not without options. And anybody who has options has, you know, has a path forward. Um, It may not be an exact one, but it doesn't have to be an exact one. Um, The lack of options is what makes people feel really hopeless and hopelessness um, does not make us feel resilient. And so when we know we have options, even if we don't know exactly how all those will turn out, those options help us feel really, really hopeful. um, And that hope builds the resilience. Rachel, we don't want our kids to fail, do we? (laughs) That is hard to watch. No, it's so hard. It is. It is. Yeah. Yep. And I think you're right. I think <laughs> our age and generations probably al- allow less of that than maybe our parents yeah. did. Why do you think that is? Uh, so my answer is going to be partially based on on research, okay, and partially based on personal experience. Um, but really, my, my gathering from this is uh, previous generations had these parents who really just kind of let whatever happen, right? Um, and so then that generation goes, well, I don't want to do what my parents did because that didn't feel good. So instead of letting me raise myself, I'm going to be over-involved in 
every single aspect of my kids' lives. And then because of that, you know, we create these kids who don't really know how to make decisions by themselves. They struggle to, you know, know how to navigate tough conversations. Um, and so anytime we have a generation that very strongly parents from, you know, one end of the spectrum or the other, the next generation tends to be very strong in the other one. And so I think this up and coming generation is more likely to have some really good um, down the middle skills because our, our current generation of parents in that, you know, 25 to 45 range are raising kids. And we, we realized what it looked like to have really overbearing parents. And so now we're coming a little closer to the end of the spectrum because we realized from their tales, we don't want to totally let them raise themselves. Yeah. And I don't, don't think our world allows that anymore. <laughs> and so really coming into this more middle ground. Um, and I think that, you know, the conversations around mental health and being people being a little more open about um, differences in parenting has also allowed for us to move a little closer towards that, like middle ground, healthy end of, of um, what this looks like, you know, the, the perfect balance, if you will, of allowing kids to figure things out themselves um, while still, you know, being just a step behind them so that they know they have the support, they have that confidence that we are going to have their back, but we're also going to let them make those decisions um, and kind of, you know, figure out the consequences of those. Yeah. So maybe our kids will have that per that perfect balanced, yeah, top parenting. But okay. like you said, I mean, it's, I agree. I think we maybe went to the other extreme. Yeah. <laughs> and if we if we are and, and my kids will quickly let me know um, that is a term we use in our household, the helicopter parenting. They'll they'll actually make the helicopter sound. I'm not going to make it because I don't know how to make it. But uh, so, you know, <laughs> I, I, I have the warning. So so that's that's helpful. That's awesome. and, and, you know, I mean, it's just sort of the norm. So um, in and talking about the resilience, I think it's really important like to learn to model that as a parent, just like we have, we need to model so many other things, don't you think? Yes. So, yeah. 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 We got a lot on our plates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once again, that's why grand <laughs> grandparenting is going to be easier, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So talking about, um, I think we've given, you've given several reasons why counseling is important and how it's helpful and impactful for people and different, for different reasons. How do you think, as far as like our resources, do you think we do have a lot of resources, which I know you're in the Madison area, but in a smaller mm -hmm. community like I'm in, um, sometimes it's harder to find those resources. And how would you recommend someone that does want help for themselves personally or a family member, family member or friend? Um, how, how would you suggest going about that, getting looking for a quality resource? Yeah, so I think that the type of, you know, resource or, or assistance that you're looking for will kind of um, ultimately be the answer to that question. But um, somewhere that I, I guess to kind of back up and answer that first, traditionally smaller communities do have less resources. Um, just, you know, by um, geographic area, more, you know, bigger cities, uh, metropolitan areas tend to have uh, more resources. There's more people that live there. And so the individuals who would be providing those services tend to migrate to those larger cities so that, um, you know, they have a steady stream of work to kind of keep them afloat. And so there does tend to be less available resources in smaller communities, but it doesn't mean that they're without them. Um, however, it's not 
readily available how people in those smaller communities can get those resources. So um, somewhere I like to point people to, especially if they're asking me for a referral out of state or to an area I'm not familiar with, is actually the website psychologytoday.com. So that's kind of this hub of different practitioners in the mental health field. So um, psychologists, um, therapists, different counselors, they uh, a lot of them are going to be featured on there. And you can search through zip code um, and then you can filter based on insurances that you may need to, you know, Uh, bill or different um, specialties that that practitioner may offer. And so that's a great place to start psychologytoday.com. That is um, really a, a comprehensive area of you know, practitioners. Uh, Sometimes you may not be looking for a therapist, but you may be able to reach out to somebody who's in your area and just say, hey, I've tried to do some research on this additional resource I'm looking for. You know, do you have anywhere that you can point me to? And I have found that most individuals in the therapy world, um, you know, we are in the helping profession. And so we like to do that. (laughs) Uh, So it may may take just a minute for us to get back to you to give you the resources that fit what you're asking for. Um, But don't be afraid to reach out to somebody who is relatively close that may be able to get you, you know, more plugged into um, a better resource or a more efficient resource for you. Because that's, that's certainly part of what we do is making sure that, you know, people, even if it's not us getting people plugged into who they do need to see. Yeah. And we have the extra benefit now just through technology. And I mean, I know there's, there is definitely, I know you're passionate about, you know, in-person counseling and I see why, but there is the option, you know, if you don't have a local resource that you can go through online, Zoom interviews or Zoom, you know, a session. So that's, that's nice that we have we have that ability that we didn't always have. Yes, telehealth is a beautiful thing that has come out of um, the last few years, really being able to get people in those more rural communities plugged into a practitioner who may not be, you know, right in their direct area uh, and still being able to get the help that people need is is really awesome. So, yes, yes, I agree. So. Talking about mental, emotional wellness, I want to get into a new venture that you're you're getting uh, you're starting soon, or have started. I'm not sure. We're going to talk about that. But um, will you just define what you consider a mentally, emotionally healthy individual as being, or what what is what do we mean by that? We all hear that term, but what what does that mean? Wellness. Yeah, so um, wellness specifically in regards to mental wellness is really just this good balance of awareness about, you know, what you've got going on um, physically, emotionally, mentally, uh, and taking the steps needed in order to keep you in that place of wellness. So it's really just this balance of, you know, being um, as healthy as possible on that mental level and, and, continually looking at what you're needing to do to adjust in order to keep you in that place of wellness. Okay. So tell me about the mental wellness workshops that have you started or you're about to start it. Yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So tell me when you started it and I know that you're going into the businesses or going into businesses starting there. So when did you start and 
and why why start in, into the business world? Yeah. So, um, so I have another therapist in my practice right now. Her name is Hannah and she's amazing. She joined me in June of last year. And as we started working together, we really started discussing the fact that, uh, everybody that we were seeing in some form or fashion is, you know, affected by stress on multiple levels from, uh, different avenues of life, right? So whether they were, um, you know, a stay-at-home mom or a working professional, man, woman, whatever, there are just multiple ways that stress impacts us. And what we were finding was just this trend that people were really struggling to balance those. And a pretty common theme in what we were discussing with our clients was how those different types of stress end up overlapping. And then people feel very overwhelmed because they're not sure how to leave work at work or or, you know, leave home at home. And so then they would go into one of those places or the other and whatever had happened in the opposite place was just, you know, weighing really heavy on them. And so we started talking about how do we close this gap? Because we love counseling. It's such a beautiful, beautiful thing that we're able to be a part of. But it's, um, small scale when you think about impact. And so we knew that there were obviously if the people that were coming into our office were struggling in this way, uh, there were going to be, you know, people that we weren't seeing in our office that were also struggling. So we started kind of opening up and, and talking to some different people about this, uh, people outside of our profession, people inside of our profession, and ultimately decided to build a workshop using the skills and knowledge that we have from our clinical work and be able to really take this into groups, businesses, um, families even, and teach them about mental wellness. And so we taught it for the first time last year. Um, I have a good friend who owns a salon in Decatur, Alabama. Um, and so she was able to let us come in and teach this for her staff last fall. And that was amazing. So then we spent the winter, um, you know, kind of refining everything and really putting it into um, a package where we were able to take it in and apply it to whatever audience we were teaching. And then we were able to teach it um, in its new version um, just a couple weeks ago, actually. Uh, so I've been working with a business coach to get that off the ground. And he was amazing and brought some of his clients in. And we were able to teach that to some business professionals in our area uh, about two weeks ago. So we are now at this pr uh, point really pushing that out. And, um, you know, we're excited about the opportunity to take this in and really get this information about wellness into these different businesses. So we'll have some some here at the office that'll be kind of what we call open. So anybody can come to those and then we'll have the ones where we will uh, they'll be closed off because they're for a specific group or organization. That is awesome. And you know what I like about that? Just just hearing you talk about it, that, you know, going back to the counseling, how, you know, people it is such a stigma uh, for to a certain degree. It's not like it used to be, but where somebody might not come. Or maybe don't maybe not even need to come for a one-on-one -on -one counseling, but we yeah. all could handle. I mean, any kind of strategies and cope, coping um, mechanisms that we can learn to use to just make life go a little bit smoother. And yeah. if we can learn that in a in a workshop form, that is so helpful. So you're you're really just bringing the wellness to the people where they don't they may not come to seek you personally. But that's you're going to really reach a lot of people. So that's 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 wonderful work. Yeah, that was a huge part of it. We realized that a not everybody was going to need counseling, um, or b not everybody was going to be 
at a point where they were comfortable with that. But the workshop is centered around mental health or mental wellness. And so really being able to take in uh, very practical skills and terms that everybody is aware of. And, you know, I mean, if you are alive right now, you have heard the terms that we cover. And so it's really uh, four points that we discuss in this. So we talk about, um, we first of all, just kind of give an overview of exactly what, what mental health and mental wellness looks like. And then we talk about um, the, these four like tenets of that. So we talk about stress and mindfulness and self-care and coping. So we have a little definition and what each of those are. And then we talk uh, about how they all tie together. And it's this continual process of, you know, applying things that work for you right now in this season, and then having those skills to go back and reevaluate, you know, whether those things are working. And so people who attend the workshop leave with uh, practical exercises under their belt. They're leaving having identified what kind of self-care is best for them and why, and also how to reevaluate and adjust to those things later on down the line when different things in their life changes. Um, And so really we were hoping to be able to compile as much information as we could in a really digestible format so that people coming in could get this three hours of instruction and leave feeling um, really hopeful about what they can do for their own mental wellness. Um, And our hope is that if this is the only opportunity that we get to speak to the people who take in this workshop, that they would leave from that feeling really, really empowered. And um, that's really the whole goal of that. Yeah. And that will help the individual and the people, they can share that information with a, in their sphere of influence. And especially as a leader, I'm thinking as a company or organization, how impactful and helpful that will be for your employees. And just to have some degree of understanding, more understanding yes. for, you know, people in in this. Because like you said, this has been a hard season for a lot of people. Still is a yes. hard season. So um, any tools that we can learn to for, for ourselves and for others and uh, to share with others and just like I said goes back to giving some more more grace and um, it's just hard so I'm, that's that's really really good so if people or anyone's interested in your workshops and I imagine that this is just going to be really really great Rachel uh, how would they find you and it, will you go outside of the business world into or, other organizations Yes, we're absolutely open to taking this outside of businesses. Um, That was just kind of where we started as we began our marketing efforts this summer. Uh, My business coach was like, okay, well, where are you? gonna you know who who needs this who's your target audience and I'm like well everybody of course and he laughed and was like that's amazing but you're gonna have to narrow it down a little so we can start somewhere and I was like well I don't like that so we um we really kind of chose the business world first just because um that's where he has the most expertise so he was really able to help with that but we 100% know that this is applicable within um you know school districts and churches and you know even smaller businesses um, um, and, you know, just, just different organizations that are working already in communities. Um, there's a lot of, you know, different um, just co-ops and things like that that I think could be trained on, on you know, this particular information. And it's going to help. I mean, at the end of the day, 
everybody deals with stress in some form or fashion. Um, everybody can learn how to be mindful of the effects of stress. Everybody needs to be engaged in a self-care routine. Um, and everybody needs to know what, what coping skills are. And so if, you know, you're alive and you um, are, are breathing right now, then this workshop is, is for you. And so um, they can find me on my website is uh, solidgroundmadison.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook and the information about the workshop is on there. And so those are really the great ones. Um, we are on Instagram as well. We don't do a ton of advertising on there, but you can go there for just good information about mental wellness and um, some encouragement if you are scrolling the social media world anyway. So that's a good place to find us too. Awesome, awesome. So I'd like to just wrap up with... If you could share with with us maybe one one tip, you know, you're talking you know, talking about the four different strategies that y'all cover in your, your workshop, mm-hmm. but is there one in particular that you could just quickly recommend anyone that anyone do that is easy, very doable, and that would be helpful? Yes. So um, I love this question because while I think all of the points of what we cover in the workshop are absolutely crucial, I think that at the end of the day, if I have to pick one out, if I only got to talk to people about one thing, I would talk to them about self-care because I think that everything else in this funnels down to this. And um, Hannah and I have had a lot of conversations about how self-care has been um, kind of romanticized over Mm -hmm. the last, you know, few years. And And it's um, been made out to be like expensive massages and bubble baths. And while those things can be self-care, self-care also looks like saying no to people who just suck the life out of us. Um, Self-care looks like uh, resting. You know, there's this there's this. belief right now in the world that we've got to be on and productive 24 seven. And it's so detrimental to our, our health really overall. And so um, I think that finding what is important to you as self-care and realizing that self-care looks like carving out times in the first few days of the month to pay your bills. So you're not stressing that throughout the rest of it. Um, It looks like setting a bedtime and sticking to that. It looks like setting boundaries with people who um, you need to set boundaries with, whether that's family or employers. And so finding those self-care things that really work for you and realizing that self-care should fill you back up. And we're only going to be able to tackle each day. We're only going to be able to deal with stress if we've done good self-care because self-care is the thing that fills our cup. And if our cup is empty, we have nothing to pour from for ourselves or anybody else. And so for me, it really all comes down to healthy self-care. We can't give what we don't have, right? A hundred percent. Well, I'm glad that you're talking about self-care. I 100% agree. I've, I've, I can testify the, the, the need for that in my own life. And like you said, it's different for everybody. And it's not just the romanticized version of, you know, yeah. people, you know, what it's, I guess, always been talked about. But sure. I'm so glad you're bringing this awareness into our world and into our communities. And I just think you're doing amazing work and mental and emotional health is just, there's got to be more information because it, there is, that's where it all starts. I feel like, I mean, you know, your, your body and your soul and your heart just 
flows from, you know, what state that is in. So that's really, really important. And just, I just want to thank you for, for what you're doing. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I know you're a super busy woman and coming off a busy, fun weekend. And I'm just, I'm thankful to share you to our community and with our community. And I just wish you well in, in doing all the workshops and what you do every day. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Rachel. This has been a production of Rare Life Media. This podcast represents the views and opinions of Monica Patton and her guests. Its content is presented for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only, and should not be taken as medical, psychological, or legal advice. Please contact a professional for specific questions. This content does not represent any place of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information shared is accurate, comments, suggestions, or correction of errors are welcome.